Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Word for you this morning that the Lord's put on my heart, and we saw a lot of fruit from it in the first service. So if you've got your notebooks and your pens and your tablets or whatever you use, and I'm going to give you the title right off the bat this morning, and I'm going to talk about something so very important and helpful in our lives called the spirit, or a spirit, however you want to put it, of honor. A spirit of honor. This is something that today, in the the day we're living in, is not very popular. What's popular today is dishonor. It seems like the more you're disrespectful and the more you dishonor things, the more popular you are today. But how many know God is a God of honor? And God deserves honor this morning. And I'm going to give you a Bible principle. How many know that there are are principles in this book that God wrote that when we align our lives with this principle, our lives change? How many have learned that, been saved long enough? Maybe you're a new believer and you don't know that yet. There's much more than just getting saved and going to heaven. Something begins to happen as you get discipled and you begin to learn principles. And this is one of those those key, key principles in our lives that really help us to have fruit. Now, the question I have for you this morning, watching online or listening on the podcast or here in the the congregation, is how many want peace in your lives? How many would like to prosper the way God wants you to prosper? How many would like to have joy in your life? How many would like to have your kids and your grandkids and your families have all that same stuff I just asked about and be able to look back in your life and say, God, you've been so good? Well, there is something that you can do to have that, and there's a connection that I want to show you this morning. I'm going to give you some examples. I'm going to give you some things to think about. But a spirit of honor is an attitude, and you have to ask yourself this morning, this is, gonna, this is one of those many messages, and the truth is most messages are this way, is it's personal. It's personal to you, to you to answer the question, not for your spouse, not for your children, not for your parents, not for somebody else, but what is the spirit of honor that I have in my life? That's the question that by the time this message is over, I want you to be able to answer and answer it honestly. And, and you may be in this place right now, and you may not understand what I'm talking about, but you will. You may have an understanding, but you want a better understanding. You may have a spirit of honor, but you want to have a greater spirit of honor. Or you may be here, and just as this message has began, the Spirit of the Lord has been already just speaking to you that you might have a lack of honor in your life, and you may have a spirit of dishonor. You'll find that out by the time the message is over. But this is such a powerful uh, biblical principle, and I know that there's some other people that are my age or older in this in this church, and um, I come from the generation where we were taught honor. We 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 were taught to honor things regardless of the of the person. When 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 there was a national anthem, we would put our hands over our hearts, and we would honor the flag. We would honor the president, regardless of who he was because of the position. We would honor our teachers in school because they were teachers. 
We would honor the police officers because they were police officers. We honored our parents because we were taught to honor our parents and taught to honor our grandparents. And I don't know if I'm talking to anybody else in here that was raised that way. But there was a, 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 a teaching and, and, and a, almost a forcing on us to learn that this is just what you do. You don't disrespect certain things. Am I talking to anybody? But unfortunately, we're in a place where that has changed, and, but, the, but, but the position and the spirit of honor has not changed. No matter how much God is mocked, he will be God. No matter how things change in society, God doesn't change. And so we have to make a position or a decision that I'm going to keep a spirit of honor regardless of what the world is doing, regardless of what people around me are doing, even in my own family. And we're going to see something so amazing here in the book of Matthew, if you want to open up your Bibles. Because how many know that there is no name needed or more, more uh, merited of honor than Jesus? Jesus is the focal point of our church. He's the focal point of the Bible. He's the focal point of our lives. He is God. The Bible says he, has, he is the name above every name. And that in his name, demons tremble, demons flee. And every knee shall bow, as that song said, and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Amen? And really, if you think about it, we're going to make a choice. I want you to realize this. Every person in, in history is at one point going to honor Jesus. At one point. You can choose to honor him now while you're alive, or you will honor him on the day of judgment as you fall to your knees and say, Jesus is Lord, how many want to choose to do that today while the acceptable time is available? The day of the Lord, the day of salvation. So we choose to honor God this morning. And, and Jesus himself, as he came to this earth, had a problem with honor. Not him having a problem with people having a problem honoring him. And so he goes all over the place and does miracles. You see all these books in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, the, the Gospels where he's going to cities. He's casting out devils. He's, he's healing people. And, and most of the time, the Bible would say, and he healed all the sick. Like everywhere he would go, everyone would get healed. Because they honored his position as the Messiah. They honored him. If it wasn't as the Messiah, they at least honored him as a prophet. And they said, this, this man has God with him. And they recognized that. And because they recognized the power of God, there was healings and miracles. But Jesus, you'll see here in Matthew 13, we're going to pick up in 54, comes into his own country, to his own town. He teaches in his own synagogue and, and they're astonished. They're, they, they recognize this, this man has... Now notice here it says, where did this man... They didn't say where did this prophet... They didn't say where did this Messiah... Where did this God get this power or wisdom? They said this man. <clears throat> and so they're already demising or dishonoring who God is by calling him a man. Okay, And it says, where did he get these mighty works... Is this not the carpenter's son? He begins, they begin to look at him not as who he is, but where he came from. As we begin to get in this a little bit, you're going to start to recognize that the blessing of God in your life comes through your understanding of position 
and honor of people who God has placed in your life. You, you can buck it all you want, this generation does. You can try to get away from it all you want, but the position will not change. God is not going to come off his throne. God will always be God. He's the old, there's an old song, he's God in the amen corner. He's God in Tennessee, he's God in New York City, he's God all over me. He's God everywhere, He'll always, and he always will be God. Amen. How many know, no matter how hard people try and how much techn- technology changes, no one is going to move God from his throne. And so he is God, but they're saying, this is just the carpenter's son. This is, this is Mary and Joseph's son. This is the brother of James and, jo- and Joseph and Simon and Judas. And they're, and they're making him a common thing, a common person. And it says, and his sisters, are, are they not all here with us? When did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. They dishonored his position. And Jesus made one of the most powerful statements in the Bible. He said, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now watch this. It wasn't just unbelief. It was a dishonor of his position. He was, they, what they did, and here's another thing you want to write this down in your notes, that you must not have, is you must not allow yourself to get a spirit of familiarity. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but I want you to have it there to think about it. Okay, A spirit of familiarity. They missed God because they said he's from Nazareth. He's Mary and Joseph's son. There's his brothers and sisters. He's just a carpenter. God wants to speak to you in your life today and many times in your life through people who you think are just somebody. That's just them. They're just, they're just that and God has ordained them and anointed them to speak a word to you, but you miss it and don't receive it because they're just a carpenter. They're just a common person. They're not anybody special. God's got an anointing on people, and his anointing is on people who honor him. Y'all with me? Wherever you honor God, God will honor you. And so we're going to see in this that that as we begin to understand the position of honor, it is a decision. It's a decision that has to be made individually. I cannot cause or make my wife to honor something. I cannot cause or make you to honor something. You have to catch the word, and you have to make the decision to honor yourself. When you honor God, and when you honor God's things, there is a special blessing a special covering, a special anointing, a special favor, a special peace, a special prosperity, a special provision, a special miracle power that comes around you when you are walking in the position of authority and submission to God's honor. Father, in the name of Jesus, preach your word through me this morning and allow people to get revelation allow people to be challenged, to be transformed, 
and to let this word resonate in their spirit as it has mine, that we can be people of peace and prosperity and joy and fulfillment as we understand this, the position and place of honor in our lives. Give us the spirit of honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now let's look at a few things here this morning. First of all, honor in the Bible means to esteem something, to value something. One of the reasons people don't have a great uh, move of God in their life is they don't value the things that God's given them. If you're here this morning and you value this church, you value God's word, you value God himself, you value things and you're, you're esteeming them as very high. The last part is you have a great respect. How many know people that don't respect things? That attitude and that spirit is as far from God as you can be. And God wants to speak to us and challenge us and deal with us on how we honor things. It starts with honoring the name of Jesus. If you ever hear somebody curse Jesus, it should bother you. When you hear the name of Jesus used in vain, it should bother you. It should bother your spirit when somebody cusses that name. And unfortunately today, how many know there's a lot of people around the world that the only thing they know about Jesus is that he's a cuss word. Amen? So we start by honoring that name. When we pray, if you think about it, why do you, when we say, we say, Lord, I pray that you heal this man in the name of Jesus. If you don't honor that name, you'll never see a miracle. Hello? Are y'all here? You can't expect God to do something in your life but through a miracle through signs and wonders, through miraculous things, if you don't honor the name in which you are praying. So when I have a place of honor of God, God is absolute number one. I, 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 I greatly respect him. I esteem him over all things. Then a, an anointing can begin to work in my life because I am in the position to be able to pray in the name of Jesus and see something happen. Anybody except someone demon-possessed can say, in the name of Jesus. But when you say, in the name of Jesus, in a place of honor, there's power behind it. Jesus himself, think about this now, that, that makes sense, right? If I, if I pray for something in the name of Jesus with honor in my spirit, there's power there. What's the opposite of that? Dishonor. Why maybe today are some of us not seeing the miracles in our lives that we want to see? We're not seeing the power of God in our lives that we want to see. We're not seeing uh, the fulfillment in our lives that we want to see because we don't honor the name. Amen? We don't take it uh, serious enough. It's, it's, as I always say, it's kind of just come to church and check off the box. God's not looking for that. The, the power of dishonor was so strong that Jesus himself could not do many miracles. Are you seeing how powerful honor is? So the opposite of honor is dishonor, and dishonor can be so powerful that God himself can't do a miracle. So honor is very important. John 8:58 is a drop the mic moment. I love this verse. It's a, it's, it gives us the understanding of why we honor God. They're talking to him about Abraham. They respected Abraham. They honored Abraham, but they were disrespecting him. And Jesus makes a statement that I love. 
He didn't dishonor or disrespect Abraham, but he said, before Abraham ever was, I am. I love that. Amen? Abraham was something, let me tell you, God says. Jesus says, yes, that was the, he, Father Abraham. I gave him that position. But before he ever had that position that you honor, I am. I was. And so they were disrespecting God himself who had put Abraham in position. We do that a lot. We disrespect or respect somebody and don't understand the position. How can you love Abraham and not love God? How can you not recognize that Jesus is standing right before you so he has to do a drop the mic moment and say, listen, before he ever was, I was. I am. In the book of Exodus, you hear him say, Moses says, God, what father, what do you want me to tell the people your name is? He says, tell them that I am. That I am. Amen? How many honor and respect the I am this morning? The great I am this morning. He's the name above every name. He's the king of kings. He's the almighty God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the alpha and he's the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And the more you honor God, the more you're going to see God honor you. That was, a better, that was a good place to do a good amen. That was weak, but that's okay. Romans 13, uh, write this down in your notes. Father, may I never dishonor your holy name. Amen? Amen? May I never dishonor your holy name in any way. And we're going to get into a few things, ways that we can do that. But Romans 13, 17 says this. Render, or in other words, give or surrender, therefore, to all their due. God says in, in life there's things that, 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 that are due respect. Give taxes to whom taxes are due. I know that's, a, that's kind of a, we hate, to, we hate to read that, but we have to do it. Customs to whom customs are due. Fear to whom fear is due. And finally, honor to whom honor is due. Now if you haven't caught this yet, I'm going to make it a little clear, simple, so you can start thinking about this. If you're not seeing what God wants you, what you believe God wants to do in your life, in your life, if you feel like there's unanswered prayer and you feel like there's miracles that aren't happening and you feel like you're not victorious, I want you to begin to think for the rest of this message, what is my spirit of honor? And, and your answer may have to do with your life and some of the lack of, of God's blessings on your life. And the good news is, let me give you a good news and, and also a disclaimer. As I get into this, I don't have any motives. I don't have any thoughts of anybody doing anything in our church to preach this message. I do a lot of pre, what I call preventative preaching. I'd rather prevent it than fix it. And so when the Lord puts something on this, there are times when the Lord can give me a message and, and, and I have to uh, deal with something that's happening in the church. But I want you to know I don't have any, any thoughts in my mind. I'm not thinking of anybody. So I don't want any of you to feel like I'm talking to you. Just realize it's God talking to you. Okay? But, but he wants to get us to a place, and I believe that one thing that's holding us back a lot of times that we don't realize, and this message will help us realize, is the lack of honor that we have, that spirit of honor. So I'm going to give you a few examples. 
And you're going to begin to answer that question, what is my spirit? Again, I can't answer yours. You can't answer your brothers, your sisters, your fathers, your mothers, your kids. What is my spirit? What is my attitude with God and with the people God has put in my life? In the book of Numbers, we're going to read in just a second. Don't put it up yet. I want to give a little background. We're going to read a little bit of a story here. Some of you will be familiar with it if you've read the Bible. I could read the whole chapter. I'm going to read about half of it, and it's a quick story. But this is where the spirit of familiarity comes in. Pay attention to this closely. In a church, there are families. Now, we're a big family, okay? And we appreciate the fact that we're a family. But how many know there's families here? There are people who are related to each other by blood. That's great. I love that in a family, in a church. There should be families in church. But sometimes in family, and then also in the church family, what can enter into the church is a spirit of familiarity. Where you get to know somebody, and you get close to somebody, and you start to realize, oh, they're human just like me. They make mistakes. They fail. They get mad. They get jealous. They get whatever. And you get around that person and you start to realize that they put their pants on just like everybody else and that we're all human and that we all need God. But with that, you can start to lose your honor and your respect for that person. You can have someone in your... That goes back to parenting. Why do we lose respect for our parents? Because we find out that they're human. We find out sometimes that they ask us to do things that they don't do. And so since they didn't do it, then we shouldn't do it. And we don't understand that God never asked us to do as our parents say or do. He said, honor your mother and your father. And there's a promise with that, which is a long life. Right? Y'all still with me? So in this story we're about to read, Aaron and Moses and Miriam are brothers and sisters. They're working together in the ministry, which is a beautiful thing. But there becomes a spirit of familiarity. And Aaron and Miriam begin to get jealous of the position of their brother Moses. And so we pick up in verse 1 and look what it says. Miriam and Aaron speak against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he has married. So Moses goes and marries a person of a different color skin, a different country, and, and marries interracially, which is why we know interracial marriages, marriage is okay. And that, that whenever they, by the way, I'll just chase this rabbit. Whenever in the Bible you try to hear someone say that it's not godly to marry inside of race, outside of races, that was people. He would tell people, "Don't go marry outside of the race of people who believe in different gods." It never had to do with the color of the skin. Never had to do with the country. But so he marries an Ethiopian woman, and they begin to judge him, and and they begin to get a spirit of familiarity, and because he's their brother, they begin to dishonor Moses. And watch what happens. They begin to say, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has not the Lord spoken to us also? And watch this. Pay attention to this. And the Lord, leave this verse up right here for a second. And the Lord heard it. How many parents do I have here today? Raise your hand if you're a parent. Lots of parents. Let me give you a very important nugget. Very, very important. If you don't get anything else, get this. You should never talk bad about your leadership in the first place. But 
If you are going to make the mistake to talk bad about your leadership or your church or church family, don't make the second mistake by doing it with your kids. Because I'm going to tell you something that is truth, and we saw it in the first service. There are many people today whose kids are not serving God because of the way their parents talked about church when they were younger. I'm just going to let that simmer for a moment. Okay? So if you're going to make the mistake, as they're doing here, of talking about the leadership, don't do it with your kids. Okay? I'm just giving you that as a, as a free nugget. And at the same time, I want you to understand, and we're going to get to it in a minute, that there's hope that if you were that way with your kids, God can help you fix that. Thank God for his mercies that are new every morning and that God has a way of forgiving us and helping us to fix things when we realize these things. Everybody still here? So the Lord hears it, and watch what the Lord does. We know Moses, it says, was a very humble man. That, by the way, humility is always a sign of honor. Honor and humility not only start with the same letter, they go hand in hand. You cannot honor someone without humbling yourself. When you are prideful, you cannot honor somebody. Because honor is giving esteem and respect to somebody else for something else, even when you feel like you're better. You understand? Everybody here? Okay. So he's the most humble man on the earth. Next verse, God gets upset calls a meeting, and how many know in that time only Moses, only the, the priest could go into the Holy of Holies to see God. God is so upset that he says, I want you to meet me at the door. How'd you like to hear God say, meet me at the front door? Right? It's not words you want to hear when God's mad. So God says, meet me at the front door. Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. Aaron and Miriam are in trouble. So the three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle, watch this, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. And he says, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in visions. I speak to them in dreams. He says, but not Moses. Moses is so special to me that I, and so faithful to me that, keep going, that uh, I speak to him face to face. Don't mess with my man of God, is what he's telling him, right? And listen, by the way, I'm just going to throw this disclaimer out there too. This isn't an honor your pastor message because I don't need your honor. I honor my pastor, and that's where my blessing comes from. I just want to throw that out real quick just so you know. It's not for you to honor me because my honor is to my leader, and my, that's where I get my blessing. Do you all get that? So it doesn't matter if you honor me or not. It would just be good for you. doesn't have anything to do with me. So I'm not preaching this for you to honor me. So he sees the form of the Lord, and, and they're not afraid to speak. He goes, why are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And so we have to be careful when we're talking about things in our houses and mentioning things about church and leadership and all these things because those things make a difference in your kids. The anger of the Lord departed and was aroused against him. Now take it down. I'm going to tell you what happens in the rest of the story to make it short and not spend the whole message on this story. So then God gets so mad. If anybody knows what he does, shout it out. What does God do? He gives Miriam leprosy. Be a leper. 
That's pretty serious. And so because of her dishonor and her spirit of familiarity with her brother, leprosy comes on her. Is it possible today that maybe we're living our lives sometimes in a spirit of dishonor and we're having things that come on our lives that that we don't want to be there because we have an attitude of the wrong attitude about honoring God and honoring our leadership and, and, and just throwing that out there? Is it possible? Sure it is. Bam. Now watch how powerful it is to have a good pastor and a good brother. Miriam goes to God and says, Lord, please don't let this leprosy stay on my sister. Do you realize how different of an attitude that is that most of us would have had? Hello? Is there any real people in here? Most of us would have said, thank you, Lord, for taking care of my sister. Thank you. Give it to her worse. Why didn't you just kill her? Right? How many can be honest and say that you might have had that cross your mind? Oh, you all a bunch of liars. There's a couple honest people. And so he says, God, please don't, don't let this leprosy stay on her. And God says, okay, and he takes the leprosy away. So he, he intercedes for his sister. And I believe that Miriam learned from that lesson. And God said, because you did that, you got to go out to camp for seven days. She goes out and she gets in. In, in, in seven days of separation, and I believe in that seven days she changed her attitude about honoring God and honoring her brother and honoring the, the, the leadership in her life. Tell the person next to you, listen up. There's another one. After the flood, how many remember the story of Noah and his sons? Write it down and read it later. Genesis 9, we're not going to put it on the screen. Here's another really important lesson. No, mo, uh, Noah has just come out of the flood. They've been on that ship for a long time, and he starts to farm. And if you know the story, he starts to make a vineyard, and he gets drunk from the vineyard. Remember the story? Now watch this. This is the place of honor. We have a decision when somebody makes a mistake. If our heart is to raise that person up and see them redeemed, that's God's heart. If our heart is to see them be crucified and beat down more and, ne- and go to hell, that's not God's heart. So Moses, Noah makes a big mistake. And lots of people read this story and they think, man, how could Noah, the, the meekest man on the earth, this great man of God, how could he get drunk? Well, I'm just going to say that it might be possible that some of us might have got drunk too after being 40 days and 40 nights with thousands and thousands of animals and just your family. Anybody else maybe would have considered getting drunk after that? Right? See, only half of you are honest. I don't even drink and I'd have considered getting drunk. Right? Remember COVID? Remember being stuck in our houses for a few days with our families? So I don't blame him, but the reason doesn't matter. He's drunk, passed out in his tent, and he's naked. Stay with me. So his bro- this is the best part of the message. His brother goes in. Sorry, his son Ham goes in and sees him. Ham sees his dad, who's a man of God, who he should honor the position, and he has a choice. What am I going to do with this? What I should do is I should uh, talk to my, I should, I should cover up my dad, and then when he wakes up and comes to and comes out of his, 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 his stupor, I should sit down with him and say, Dad, that was a mistake. Why did you do that? I want you to know that I saw it, but I didn't want anybody else to know about it because you're my, you're my dad and you're my leader and I love you and I respect you and I honor you. And, and, he, and he could have kept 
anybody else from knowing about that, that mistake. That's not sweeping the sin under. That's redeeming somebody and covering up their mistake to help them make it. Y'all following me? It's honoring your, the position of authority. So, but he doesn't. He goes in and sees his dad, turns around and goes out, and tells his brothers, dad's drunk and dad's naked. So now he has gossiped the situation to his brothers. That's what happens with gossip. Now his brothers are in the position to make the same decision. Is it in, don't you notice here in the Bible how every single person has their own decision? Now J- Japheth and Shem have the opportunity to decide to, to go on and tell other people, hey, our dad got drunk and he's made a mistake, or, or maybe even, hey, dad got drunk, we can get drunk too. But they didn't make that decision. They didn't, want, they didn't want to dishonor their dad. So you know what they did? They went to the tent and they grabbed a blanket and they respected their dad so much. Listen, even though he was in a place of sin, they respected the position of, Mo, of, of Noah so much that they grabbed a blanket and went in backwards so they would not see their dad undressed and covered him. And they honored their father. After that, because of what Ham did, this is what I want you to pay attention to. The Bible says in that verse that God curses Canaan, Ham's son. It's possible, church, that the decisions that you make of honor or dishonor affect your kids. It's okay that it's quiet in here. I'm not condemning us. I'm just getting us to think maybe the flow of God is not flowing in my life because of the lack of position and honor I have in my life for God and God's people. It opens doors. The opposite is Ham and and, Japheth and Shem had honor because they did the right thing. 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is a picture of the church. It says in a great house. How many want your house to be great, by the way? Don't be happy with an okay house. Want a great house. Want your church to be great. Want your family to be great. Want your house to be great. It says in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. In other words, some vessels understand honor and others don't. We need to be the ones who say, I want to be a vessel of honor. It says, therefore, watch this. This is, this is where the good news comes in. Tell the person next to you, here comes the good news. This is good news. It says, let's read this real carefully. If Go back one, one verse, please, to 20. In a, in a great house, there's a vessel of gold and silver, wood and clay. So in other words... Some of us have great honor for people and for God, and, other, and some of us don't. Y'all following that? Those that don't are the, wood and, are the wood and clay. Wood and clay goes through the fire and burns. Gold and silver goes through and stays. Okay? So, but here's the good news. It says some, some are for honor, some are for dishonor. Next verse. If anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. So God is telling us here in the New Testament that we can change our attitude on our spirit of honor. If we have a bad spirit of honor, we can get a good spirit of honor. If we dishonor, we can start to honor. Amen? 
And I want to say this again. This is very important. You have to understand the position of honor. You can take that down. Let me finish it. Sorry. Sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So in, in the church, for example, you have people around this church, in our church, this is our family, who have positions. And many times we can demise someone's position because we know that person outside of the church. Now, this, listen carefully. This is important. If that person outside of the church is not living the life that they should live, they're living a frivolous life, they're living an ungodly life, they're doing things that are not, then you need to come tell leadership and we need to deal with that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know who they used to be before they got saved. You know, you know their tendencies. You know their mistakes. You see their human side. And because you think that they're uh, uh, that kind of a person, you don't respect their position in church. When a person has a position, it's been given by God to a man to another person. And that position, it needs to be honored. It doesn't matter if it's nursery or cleanup or, or praise team or serve team or safety team. It doesn't matter. It's a position. And your blessing comes from what you see in your spirit as honor to that person. And you honor them on purpose, not because of the person that they are, but because of the position that God has given them. How many know any position in the church is an is a honor? Because we're serving God. Where the Bible says, everything you do for the, for, in the church, do it as unto the Lord. So we have positions that God has given us. If, it wasn't this, if that wasn't the case, church, I couldn't be up here. No one could preach the gospel. No one's perfect. No one's able to get up and do things in leadership that, in a position where we respect them because of their life. We want to live a good life, but everybody makes mistakes. We would all be disqualified. But we have to understand the position, the family, the understanding that this is somebody. I, I look back in my life as an example of some of the men of God that God put in my life when I first got saved. And I learned from them, and I respect their position. To this day, 30 years later, I can't call them by their first name. I respect the position. See, I haven't always been a pastor. I wasn't born a pastor. I became a pastor. I was given this position by God. But way before I ever became a pastor, I understood the position of pastor and understood how thankful I was that somebody stood in the gap to have a church meeting. I said this in Mexico at the conference. I thank God for the pastor who, who labored in Tucson, Arizona to have a church, to be in position to have a revival, to have the evangelist that came in and preached Jesus to me that saved my life. I honor that man. He's dead. He's in heaven. I still honor him. And then the next pastor that I went into, served with with Carla in the inner city, and I won't say his name just in case you ever heard this, but I honor him and respect him. Carla knows it. I respect him with the highest respect because he taught me lots of things, and because he had the position of pastor over me, I respected him. Although there were things in his life that I didn't, not sinful things, but things that I didn't think were really uh, pastoral um, qualities like he was not a people person. If you're going to be a pastor, you have to have people skills. You have to actually love people. Right? I mean, anybody could pastor if you didn't have to deal with people. It'd be easy. Right? 
Sometimes you guys come up to me, guys come up to me and tell me, Pastor, I was dealing with this family and we're counseling them and we're helping them and they're thinking, that's just one family. I don't know how you do it. God helps us. But you got to have people skills. But this pastor, I always, Pastor Mario has different names for it, but for me, it was, I like to call him baptized in lemon juice. I mean, he'd walk in in the morning in prayer like this. And I'd say, hey, pastor. And he'd for reals. All I wanted was a hey back. And he, that was his personality. But I didn't disrespect him because of it. He had a position of authority, and I, and I learned from him. When I wanted to start preaching, you know what he did? He took me to the bathroom with a toothbrush. And he said, clean this tile with toothbrush. He taught me how to serve. I respect him for that. But see, my attitude on that is my attitude on that. Your attitude on that is your attitude on that. But when the right attitude is, is had, blessings come. So you want the blessings? You got to have the right on you have to have the right honor for God and for his people. Quickly as I close, three areas to honor God. This isn't all of them, but this is three that I, that I thought of as I was praying and preparing. Number one, your words and your actions. We should honor God with our words and our actions. I want you to think about the words you use. Are the words you use honoring to God? Amen? Are the actions that you do honoring to God? I can't answer that for you. You have to answer it for yourself. Uh, Psalms 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. You know what that means, the meditation of my heart? What you think about. What you think about on Tuesday afternoon at 4.15. Right? Not Sunday morning when you're in church. What you think about on Friday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. What you think about Monday afternoon at 4.30. Y'all following me? What's, what's, what, do you just think about God on Sunday? She's saying, let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So our words are very important. If, I, if Jesus was sitting with me at the table, could I say what I said? Right? Write this down for reading later, Matthew 12, 36 and 37, since we're talking about our words and honor and respect. The Bible says every idle word we speak will be held against us. That's why we have to be careful what we talk about or is what we're talking about in the house edifying to our kids. Is it lifting up? Because church, you're, you're, again, you're setting yourself up to fail if you want your kids to serve God and go to church if all you do is talk bad about the church. They're going to get to the age of their accountability and when they can make a choice and they're not going to go to church because all you did your whole life was talk bad about it. Why would they want to go? Amen? Can't go back and fix that. Can't unscramble scrambled eggs, but you can change your attitude today. And God can go back. God can go back and fix it. Do you believe that? Do you believe God can go back and fix something when your heart gets right today? The other one, the other one on this is, is uh, 1 Corinthians 6.20. You were bought with a price. Why should I honor God? Because I've been purchased. And it says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which are God's. This body is God's. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When I say this, I'm not picking on anybody. Everybody knows my heart. If you don't know my heart, I can't do anything to help you. I hope you know it and understand it. This is why I preach so heavily against once you've been saved, understand that, once you are born again and you're a believer now, the things you do with your body. I'm not talking about before you got saved. I'm talking about since you got saved. That's why when we talk about getting tattoos and getting piercings and doing all these things that the world does, are you considering that this is not my body? It's God's. That's all I'm getting you to think about. Amen? How many know that once we're saved, our, our mentality has to change? Okay? Not talking about mistakes we made before we all made that. But we're supposed to glorify. So when I go to do something, i got to ask myself, is what I'm doing right now honoring God? I mean, no, our lifestyles would change a little bit if we'd start thinking about that before we do things. Is what I'm about to say going to honor God? Is what I'm watching honoring God? Is what I'm listening to honoring God? Number two. We've kind of been talking about this throughout the message. Your leadership. We should honor our leadership. Whatever it is. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so. Did you know that you have a responsibility to let me pastor without grief? Huh? Y'all reading that? I never really thought about it like that, but I'm just going to stay here for a second. Amen? For they watch out for your souls as they must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief. And I just want to say today, I can't say I've always been able to say this, but I can say today that you are a joy to pastor. So let's stay, let's keep it that way. Amen? There's always times, new pastors that are going to go out, don't expect to just start your congregation and it be joy. You're going to have some grief. But you can get to a place where you teach your people and you teach them the truth and you preach them the truth and they get to a place where it's a joy. It truly is a joy to pastor you. But that's because you're doing what you're supposed to do, right? For that would be unprofitable for your pastor. Is that what it says? Who are, you, who are you doing it for? For yourself. When you dishonor your leadership, you're not hurting your leadership. You're hurting you. Never think about that, do we? It's like the old thing that everybody points your finger at me. Everybody points your finger at me. How many fingers are pointing back at you? Uh-huh. That's what, that's what we don't understand. You're not hurting. I'm not hurting my pastor if I disrespect him. I'm hurting me. Not only am I hurting me, I'm hurting my kids. First Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. Musicians, you can begin to come. It says, and we urge you, brethren. How many brethren are here? All of us. To recognize. I said this a little, I got this, said this a little bit earlier. Recognize those who labor among you. And, and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly. In love for their work's sake, be at peace among yourselves. When was the last time you thanked God for the work that we've done in this church for you to have a place to come receive the word of God? 
When was the last time you thanked God for the work that's been done, the sacrifice, not to lift us up, but you're thankful for a place that you can come to, that you can feel safe, that the truth is going to be preached to you, that there's integrity in the pulpit, that there's character in the church, that there's sacrifice that's been done to get us to a position to have fruit in our lives. When was the last time you thanked God for that? Because I thank God for my leadership all the time. I pray for them every day. Do you pr- I don't, I'm asking you to raise your hand. Do you pray for me every day? One of the best blessings you can have in your life is to pray for your pastor. And not just your pastor, but all your leadership. Because that's another problem. Oh, I just love our pastor, but the rest of them. Right? That's not how it works. You have to love everybody, and you have to respect everybody. And when you do... Those blessings will be loosed in your life. Amen? Amen. So we urge you to recognize those who labor among you. I just told you how much I, 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 I thank God for that church in Tucson, Arizona, on Campbell and Broadway that was the place I was born again. I'll never forget that building. I'll never forget that church because that's where I was saved. Amen? I, we need to be able to look back on the past and thank God for what God did. Amen? And never, ever forget it. Never lose respect for it. Always remember that if it wasn't for that, do you, do you get what I'm saying? If it wasn't for that pastor's call and him answering the call, I would be in hell right now. So I honor the position of that man that answered the call of God for me. And I take it personal that he did it just for me. And today he's in heaven. I can't wait to see him again. And he was a great man. But the honor that I have personally, I believe, and you can argue with me if you want, I believe that the blessings that I have in my life, the peace that I have in my life, the joy that I have in my life has to do with my attitude and my spirit of honor. Does anybody agree with that? If you don't, write it up. Write a thesis. Show me that I'm wrong. The last one, just to finish, is We need to honor God with our stuff, with our stuff, our possessions, our money, our things. The Bible says it in Proverbs 3, right here. A few verses after the verse, most people know in the Bible, um, uh, 5, someone help me, I just lost it. Um, Someone help me with Proverbs 3, 5. Thank you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all your ways. He'll direct your paths. Everybody knows those verses. And just a few verses later, Honor the Lord with your possessions. Maybe we don't have as many possessions as we want because we don't honor the ones we have. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all, that's tithe, of all your increase. And your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. I just chose three things, but God is trying to say, everything that's, that I've given you, honor it. Treat it with great respect. Does anybody agree with me today that we've lost that? We've lost that in the church. We've lost the respect. I know that, for example, in, in, in the African culture, they, they may have lots of things that they make mistakes on in Africa, Kenya and Tanzania and countries that I've been to. But let me tell you something. They have a respect for the church and the things of God, they have an honor and esteem for it that is so high, sometimes too high. Sometimes it's kind of uncomfortable. 
But they respect the things of God. You know, people who, how many were raised here in the Catholic Church? Raise your hand if you were raised in the Catholic Church. There's a lot to be learned from the Catholic Church in the, in the area of respect. They respect the sanctuary. We, we in, as, as a Christian, non-denominational, spirit-filled church, we, can, we could learn from them because we kind of come in here and we clap and we shout and every knee shall bow and we get excited and then we just let our kids go run all over the place. And, and think that someone's paying, someone, like we're babysitting our kids and we don't respect the house enough, right? Come see the balance? Like they, they're overboard because they won't even move but we could learn a little bit of honor and respect for the house of God from them. It's all a balance. But today as we close and you bow your heads and close your eyes, what is your spirit of honor? God wants to ask you that. And I, and I, and I truly believe that blessings and peace and prosperity and joy and resolve will come with the attitude and spirit that you have of honor towards God and everything that God has established. In this day that we're living in with so much dishonor, so much disrespect, there is a Bible principle that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 9. Today, what is your attitude on that? Would you have walked in and exposed your dad? Would you have gone and gossiped? Would you have gone and slandered? Or would you have covered him up and tried to hide it so, no, so he would not lose his honor and his respect with other people? That's the question you have to ask yourself this morning. Not what would your spouse do? Not what would your brother do? Not what would your neighbor do? What would I do? And that question being answered will answer some other questions for you. Today, God wants to open up the floodgates of heaven. He wants to bless you. He wants to lead you. He wants to prosper you. He wants you to feel joy and peace. If you don't believe that, the Bible says in 1 Peter, I wish that you would prosper in all things. It says, as your soul prospers. How many in this place today, you have not had the respect and the honor towards Jesus that you need? Maybe you've seen him as a life preserver, someone who's saving you from hell, but you have not seen him as Lord and King and Master and glorified God and Creator of the earth. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. How many all over this place today with honest hearts could say, today I don't know if I would go to heaven if I died. We're not promised Wednesday. We're not promised next Sunday. Today, the question is, is Jesus Lord of your life? And if he's not, he can be Lord right now. All you got to do is say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe you're in heaven at the right hand of the Father interceding for me. How many all over this place in reverence to God and respect to God could just say, you're talking to me today. Just lift up your hand. Put it right back down all over this place. That's me. I want to be saved today. I want to be born again today. Maybe you're here and you know the Lord, but you're, you're not in the place that you need to be with God. You're, you're not in the position 
with God. Maybe you're angry at God, frustrated with God. Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you're drifting back into your old lifestyle. And today God wants to make things new with you. He wants to put you back on track. How many could say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not in a good place. See, you can fool me and you can fool your spouse and you can fool your kids, but you can't fool God. God sees right down into your heart. What are you going to do with the heart that's in a bad position today? You're either going to live with it and you're going to deal with the consequences or you can say, God, change my heart today. As we stand all over this place, this is the opportunity to change our heart. I had several people come up to me after the first service and thank me for this message and tell me that it changed their perspective on things and they realized that they had had the wrong spirit. I love to hear that. Not that, not that they had the wrong spirit, but that they were honest enough to admit it and that this message helped them. How many understand this morning as we close that this isn't about somebody else, it's about you. And how you look at this depends on what happens in your life. And when you get the right perspective on honor, anything's possible. And I want to say this again as we open these altars. If you're, and I'm kind of going to do it backwards. I kind of did it at the end of the altar call this morning, but I believe it's still needed to be said here. I believe there's parents here in this place I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I'm not going to ask you to say it's you, but I believe that there are parents in this place that have that in your past raising your kids, you struggled with honor and you you said some things about leadership and you did some things that you wish you could go back and change. And you can see today that your kids' lives have been affected by the, the, the position that you took on honor. I, believe, I really believe there's people in this service that are feeling that way. The good news is you can say, God, I'm sorry for having that kind of an attitude. Can you forgive me for that? Help me get my, my position back right and honoring you. And, and God is able. How many know God's able? He's able to go back and fix that and deal with your kids and change their attitude and, and fix that. He's, now, he, they have to be willing. That's on them. But you have to be willing to start it. If that was something you did and caused them to have, how many know kids are just going to do what they're taught? But maybe that's something that you, it's bothered you, and I, I really sense the Holy Spirit on that. Don't, don't condemn yourself over it. Fix it today. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning, and great is His faithfulness. Do you believe He's faithful this morning? That's what's so awesome about God. Imagine if we came today and all the things we made a mistake on are just done and we can't fix it. What hope would we have? We have hope. We've all fall short. We've all made mistakes. Come to this altar this morning and say, God, I'm sorry for having the wrong spirit towards the things of honor. I'm going to hold you in the high. And it starts with God. It starts with putting God back in the position that he deserves is number one. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Amen? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. As we begin to sing this morning, the altars are open. Thanks again for listening. 
you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.